just like that. You know, Hannah, once upon a time, my, uh, my son James was four years old, and he was on the beach, and I was out with some preacher friends, and I said, can I just walk around with this microphone? It's in my pocket, so I just switch it wherever you want it. All right. So my son, Danny, come right here. Come stand right by your sister. And I, I told my son, we we're at the beach, and I said, son, <clears throat> just keep going. I'll just keep talking. Right. I said, son. You, you stand right here, and I was putting sunscreen on the boy. And I said, close your eyes, because I was spraying him or something. He closed his eyes like that. And, uh, and then I finished, and I just walked off. And I went, to, I was went in the water, and the preacher, preacher I was with said, uh, are you going to say release or something to your, your child over there? And he was just standing there with his eyes closed. He was four years old. He was just going to stand there the rest of the week. He didn't know. We're, we're all practically down to the water. But these are some great kids right here. Can I have an amen? amen. God loves you guys. Come stand by your kids, would you? And I just have a word for you today. Reach out your hands to the Brackens, Lord. I prophesy the word of the Lord over them. Lord, that they, you're going to make them the head and not the tail, even as you planted them here for such a moment as this. This work and these many works that will be throughout the valley, throughout the state of Alaska, are going to put major points on the board for the glory of God. And it's going to go from one generation to the next, even as I prophesy these words. Lord, may they have ears to hear. May, may uh, Hannah and Danny have ears to hear what it is that you're speaking to them today. Lord, I thank you for these parents that have emulated godly people and they've taken the hard task. They've taken the path of greatest opportunity for a whole lifetime since I met them prior to their marriage. And even as, as I remember Hannah being a tiny little baby and stayed a few times in our home. Lord, I declare the good things of God over them, that you bless them. And the word of the Lord came to me just as we were driving through this valley that, that God has done specific and powerful miracles for you in the way of your housing and either other obligations that were upon you, that he's just sovereignly released those situations in a miraculous fashion. Those things that are going to continue to come about, even as you open new churches, God's going to give you great favor. He's going to give you great wisdom. He's going to give you uh, favor with, with political figures. He's going to cause you to speak into the life of those in, in uh, authority over this place. And I prophesy over this entire congregation that you're Example, just like you said of the example of my family, and I thank you for that, but I prophesy that you are the example to this valley, to this entire state indeed, that there are people that will come along that may walk through that back door even today and would say the exact same thing, that I'm going to emulate this family, I'm going to emulate this marriage, I'm going to emulate the, the study of the Word of God, I'm going to emulate the way He preaches, the way He worships. And Lord, I ask for a hedge of protection around them, that even as you've done miracles through this man of God, and you've done miracles through this family of Pastor Daniel, Minister Karen Bracken. The greatest is yet to come. Lord, they've never been those that take the path of least resistance, but they take the path of great, great, great opportunity. And I prophesy that over this church, and I prophesy that over these young people. Today, Lord, may they emulate their family, their parents, oh God. I pray that you help them to be examples in their youth and even in the way they live their lives, Lord, that you would put their feet upon a sure foundation as you already have, the way they live, the way they carry out what they've done, Lord, even as your word says that as we live and move and have our being, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them as you've done my kids in the name of Jesus. And Hannah's going to be a great, powerful songwriter like my James and like my Kels, Lord. You're going to use her powerfully to be able to write. Lord, I prophesy over Danny that you've chosen him to be a boy just like he is, shooting guns and making Lego stuff like I see in his room where I was sleeping there last night. 
Lord, what an amazing blessing this man is. And I pray, Lord, that he would be like one of my own sons who's rising up in the, 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 the ministry of Royal Rangers. If they don't have that here, I pray that you would strengthen it. Lord, I pray that, that even as, as Trent told me they do have it, Lord, I pray that Danny... Uh, Bracken would be able to attain his gold medal of achievement, which is a very difficult achievement to get. But I, I declare that you use him to be able to set a standard throughout this entire valley. And I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Would you stand on your feet with me for a moment as we continue to just move forward what God's given us today. We're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 2. I'll just tell you the absolute fact. You have great pastors right here. Somebody say Amen. amen. Emulate them. If he says, come to early morning prayer, get up early. Hallelujah. If he says, come pray at noon, come pray at noon. Take a long lunch hour. Just come, take, come pray at noon. What God's doing in them is just, it's like a, it's like a, a, a preview of what God's going to do for you. Giving you resources from unknown, expected places. I'm looking at these beautiful lights in this place. I'm just enjoying the things of God. Tonight, I'm going to watch your show. And I've watched the birthday of a king over 20 or 30 times. I've laughed every time. I've cried every time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Say amen. When that little princess says, she says, Mr. Can you help me? <laughs> just get out, get out some tissues and just cry a while. That is a picture of the fact that God loves this valley. Somebody say amen. amen. You bring some, find somebody this afternoon that looks like they're going to hell and bring them tonight. Somebody say amen. amen. Bring them early because I'm going to come early and get a good seat myself. Amen. We're going to read this morning from um, uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. As you're turning there, I just had the word of the Lord for the Brackens that says this. It says, whatever happens, somebody say whatever. Whatever is what they used to say. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit. Somebody say one spirit contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. That's what God's given KC uh, Wasilla, KC Alaska to be able to do. Stand as one man with this man right here. And you're going to put some major points on the board. In, in Hawaii, I talk about paddling the canoe. You jump in that canoe and you paddle on cue like you're crazy people. I guess up here it would be Iditarod people. You just get your dog sled. You just get on the dog sled. Somebody say amen. When he says let's go, you just go. And you're going to put major points on the board for the glory of God. Turn over to Second Kings. As I said, we would read Second Kings chapter 2. <clears throat> Again, reading at verse 1, it says, When the Lord was going to take Elijah to... Heaven in a windstorm, Elijah and Elisha left Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here because the Lord is sending me to Bethel. Elisha answered, I solemnly swear as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not abandon you. So they went to Bethel. Elijah said, Elisha, please stay here because the Lord is sending me to Jericho. <clears throat> Elisha answered, I solemnly swear and as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not abandon you. So they went to Jericho. Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here in verse 6, because the Lord is sending me to the Jordan River. Elisha answered, I solemnly swear, as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not abandon you. Flip over to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15 and verse 22. <clears throat> Acts chapter 15, verse 22. It says, Then the apostles, the spiritual leaders, and the whole church decided, everybody say, we decided... They decided to choose some of their men 
to send with Paul and Barnabas. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Your grace is upon this place at this very moment. Just pray in the Holy Ghost one more time this morning. Ask God to give you ears to hear what it is that the Spirit of the living God is saying. Lord, I pray that that which is spoken here would be of the oracle of the living God. May that which is not of you simply drop to the ground. Lord, I pray that you would give us the word of the Lord today that would bear forth 30, 60, and 100 fold by the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. We declare it. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Today I want to share with you a message that, as I said, is entitled, The Path of Greatest Opportunity. There is a path of least resistance, and that is not for you. Somebody say no. The path of least resistance is for water. I talk in Hawaii about people taking the, the path of least resistance. We have lava that flows. Somebody just told me Kilauea is erupting. You guys got property on the big island or something? No, I, this guy called me one time from Oregon where I'm moving, and he said, uh, he said, Haleakala is erupting. You better get out of there. I said, just a second. Hang on. Looked out the window. I said, no, we're fine. Haleakala still been dormant for the last 400 years or something. 200 years. 200? Yikes. I, I better sell my property. Praise the Lord. They told me, they told me Kilauea is erupting and the lava just comes down and it takes the path of least resistance. If I took that water bottle and I just poured it out right here, it would take the path of least resistance. I was preaching on Molokai recently where I went back in the day. I preached at, a, at the, at the uh, elementary school um, library, the gymnasium or some first place I ever preached for King's Cathedral. Years later, I went and I did three big Easter eggs, Easter egg hunts there, as Pastor Daniel said. I preached to children for many, many years. And I went and I preached on Molokai just a couple weeks ago. And I happened to preach on the west side and the central and central Molokai. It just sounds funny. It's a, it's a tiny little island of 6,000 people. I preached west side. I preached central. And I went to the east side in the evening. They had a revival on the east side of Molokai where there's nothing and no one. Can I have one amen? There's no one. There's nothing there. I spent a year on Molokai and it really only took seven days. There's nothing there. And Pastor Robert Sahagon, who's preached for you, I think he he told me, he said, we're going to the east end. God's going to hit that place. And I just kind of stared at him. And indeed, God did. I came home, reported it to my wife and said, I had a great time on Molokai. No offense if you're from Molokai. I said, I had a great time on Molokai. My wife said, you're kidding, right? Because it's, it's not my favorite island. We had five people get saved on the east end of Molokai that night. Somebody say amen. They had dozens of people lifting their hands in adoration to the King of Glory. And as I stood in that, that congregation, I preached a message to them. The pastor took me outside and he said, do you see, he said, do you see this field? And I said, it looks familiar. He said, this is the field where you preach three Easter egg hunts in one day on the west side and in central and then on the east end of Molokai. And he said, and he said, what happened is we've started a church within spitting distance of every single one of those events. Somebody say, my, my, my. It freaked me out. And I said, oh my goodness, what has happened? I prophesied over that place. There's a powerful work of God in the east end of Molokai today because of vision. Somebody say amen. We have a vision before us called 12020. Somebody say it. 120. 20. We're going to have 120 churches. It is not for the path of least resistance. As I was standing in that field years ago, it started to rain as I was preaching to the children. I said, God loves you. It started to rain a little bit. I said, God really loves you. <laughs> started raining harder. And I got shocked by the microphone. I said, God loves you. <laughs> and I thought, you know, as long as these people sit here and listen to me preach in the rain, I don't mind preaching in the rain. Somebody say amen you got to be careful with those microphones. It started raining a little bit harder. And I'd already been shocked once, but I, wasn't, I, I was taking the path of great opportunity. But the electricity took the path of least resistance. Somebody say, my, my, my. 
it hit me on this side and I felt it go through my body like that. And it wasn't the Holy Ghost. I wish it would have been. And it shot out my hand on this side and I just dropped the microphone on the ground. I thought, I don't know why we're going to do that. Just kids can go already. It was, it became a, a torrential downpour. People got saved in the rain that day. Somebody say amen. The electricity took the path of least resistance through my heart and through my brains. That's how I got like this. Praise the Lord. There is a path of great opportunity that is before you. It is not the path of least resistance. Somebody say no. no. Every opportunity before you may seem like absolute insanity. It may seem like, why would I buy property right now? Because the, 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 the value of property is plummeting. That's when you buy. That's when Dr. Morocco said, let's buy some, some property in Alaska. Somebody say hallelujah. That's why you're sitting in this building right now. Because the property value went down and he said, let's snap it up while it's cheap. Praise the name of the Lord. There are opportunities before you at your job. There are, there are opportunities before you in political arena. There are opportunities before you, I think, at the old folks' home. Can I have one amen right there? There are opportunities that you say, why would I go to the old folks' home when I can sit and watch a football game on my recliner and it's snowing outside? Because it is the path of greatest opportunity. And people can go to heaven instead of hell. Somebody say amen. amen. The pastor says, we're going to stay up late practicing birthday of the king. You just get all in. Somebody just say all in. I'm going to stay up late and get up early and clean the toilets at the middle of the night like the pastor's doing. This is the servant pastor you have right here. I just preached my brains out all over Africa and I, and my shoes were just shredded. And I, I preached with, with uh, Pastor Phil the other week and I looked down at my shoes. I thought, these shoes are messed up. This is the nicest shine on my shoes that Danny guys gave me. The Reverend just hooked me up. And I'll tell you what, God is looking for a man who is a servant leader. Somebody say amen. amen. God has chosen you to, to join up with this particular work right here. And God's going to put some major points on the board for His glory right through you. Somebody say, through me. Now let's look at this text for a moment this morning as we quickly move along. <clears throat> there are two stories, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. I like to do that because it's, it's all, you know, it's all in the Bible. Somebody say it's all in there. And what God is speaking to you today is evidence through Elijah and Elisha. They're in alph alphabetical order. If you don't know Elijah and Elisha, it's not just Elijah and mix them all together. They're in alphabetical order. Elijah, somebody say Elijah and Elisha. Somebody say Elisha. Elijah was a man of God and this young man began to emulate him and he said son what you want to do is you just want to stay right here and just relax a little while because I, I got to go on I'm going to walk these eight miles of this next place and he said no I, he said I will not abandon you somebody say no he said I'm not going to abandon you pastor it might be midnight I'm not going to abandon you it might be cleaning toilets I'm not going to abandon you it might be snow and I pulled up first thing I saw last night was we pulled up it was dark I thought it was midnight. It was probably 4 p.m. or something. <laughs> I don't know how that works. When I landed, I thought, man, I just been in, I've been in Tanzania. It was 100 degrees and 100% humidity, sweating with the oldies. And here I come, and it's, it's dark. I, I must have took the long, wrong plane to the wrong place because it's dark outside already. And it was just it was in the afternoon. God has given you a leader that when it, he may even tell you, he may even tell you, you know, I got this one. Don't worry about me. You worry about him. Somebody say amen. Because what happened to Elisha is he said, I will not abandon you. And as he didn't abandon Elijah, the anointing came upon him even greater. Somebody say even a greater. <clears throat> he walked those many miles with him and he said, I will not abandon you. Everybody say, stay the course. Stay the course. Write it down in your notes if you got notes that they handed you today. 
please use them. Please write on there. It'll help you remember this, and hopefully they gave it to you. It says that he stayed the course. You'll see what happened in Acts chapter 16 in the New Testament. Next chapter over from where we read, it says, As they traveled from town to town. I'm just here today to tell you, uh, you need to have the power of God flow through you in a dramatic way. I don't want to travel to one more single town. Hallelujah. I spent more time on the airplane in the last two weeks than Carter's got pills. I tell you what, I, I spent so much time on an airplane, I never want to get on another one. I feel like just taking the Alcan Highway home. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Excuse me, sir, can you lean your seat forward? No, I can't. I'm dying on this chair right here. I cannot lean it forward. I'm squished. I'm a big fat guy. Can you leave me alone? You know what? This guy said, I want you to just stay here and rest a little. Just take your easy chair for a moment. And the, the man of God who was emulating his pastor or his prophet said, No, I will not abandon him. He stayed the course. Everybody say, He stayed the course. Elisha wanted to be with Elijah. He wanted to be with him. If I had my choice, you know what I would do? I would keep on living in Honolulu for the next 50 years. The Brackens have spent a week at my, at my home, and that was awesome. I said, where do you want to go? You want to go to the beach? He said, we're in hog heaven right here. It's a beautiful place that God had given me. When I, I went to Oahu when we started the church, I lived inside the church building for 237 days. It was, it was not my idea of a good time. But after that, when I stayed the course, everybody say, stay the course. Stay the course. Somebody came to me and they said, and when I had taken a step of faith, you take a step of faith, God honors that step of faith. When I had taken a step of faith, this person came and said, I want to pay your rent for the whole year. Excuse me, ma'am. I want to pay your rent for the whole year. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. That's the word of the Lord right there. She didn't know that my rent was $4,000 a month. Was that 4,000 yen? That was $4,000 a month. God gave us a place sovereignly just like he'll do for you. Somebody say amen. God didn't do anything for me that he's not ready to do for you. He's looking for you to take a step of faith, to stay the course, to do what it is that God's given you to do. As for me, I'd rather just stay on Oahu. Uh, today on Oahu, it's 84 degrees, I'm sure. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, I am, I am going to like probably wearing a jacket and not having to sweat every single day of my entire life. But the swimming pool in my backyard is probably calling my name when it's frozen over. When I'm walking across the lake here this week, I'll probably just think, oh, I wish I was in Oahu right now. As for me, you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather sit on the front row and listen to Dr. Morocco for the next 25 years just like I did for the last 25 years. Anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? But that's not God's plan for me. And Elisha wanted to just be with Elijah. The Bible says that he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel. And he, he tore his clothes off. He just ripped his clothes when the man of God left him. That's a similar thing that I'm feeling at this very moment. The Bible says that the two men walked across fasting for 40 days and he walked 50 miles on that island. I said, pastor, why don't you ride the church van on the next leg and I'll walk it for you. I'll take your place. He said, I can't, brother, because I've brought all these people here from all these islands. I have to walk every inch of it. And as he was, he was continuing on, he was, just, he, he was sick and he was tired and he was, he was freaking out and he was just schlumping along. I, I thought he was going to die on the spot. Double pneumonia, fasting for 40 days. And he said, this is my assignment. God gave it to me. I'm going to do every inch of it. You know what I want to do? I want to just stay with the man of God. But Elisha, said, he stayed right there and God separated him. Somebody say amen. When, it, when that separation came, he just tore those clothes off. And then he picked up the mantle from the man of God. 
And he began to do miracles by that power. In fact, the people looking on said, where is, or Elisha said, where is the, the, the God of Elijah? I'll tell you where the God of Elijah is. He's right inside you. Somebody say amen. amen. God wants to raise you up to see these churches established on this island. We are going to do this vision. Somebody say amen. amen. And it's not going to happen because of the path of least resistance, of sitting on your easy chair and saying to your beautiful wife, honey, bring me another cold one. That ain't how that's going to work. Somebody say amen. amen. God requires faithfulness. Write it down. God requires what? He requires faithfulness. God is faithful. He requires faithfulness. There is faithfulness and there is loyalty. Somebody say loyalty. Faithfulness is being diligent to do a task, but loyalty is a feeling or attitude of devoted attachment and affection. Somebody say devoted. The pastor asks you to do something, and you do it, and you talk stink. Can you say that word here? Is that a, that's kind of a Hawaii vernacular. Uh, I guess it's... Well, when they talk stink behind... So you give an assignment to somebody, and they talk stink behind your back, and then they just, they just say, Hi, I'm, I'm just doing what you asked me to do. Pastor. For Jesus. Just doing it for Jesus. Okay. Talk to you later. Talk to you when I'm finished. Right here. Yeah, I can't believe they don't get by me a new vacuum cleaner because they told me to vacuum the floor. Oh, hi, Pastor. No, no, just for Jesus. I was getting ready to vacuum for Jesus. As I was knifing you, somebody say, my, my, my. <laughs> Faithfulness is required. You can be faithful without being loyal, but you cannot be, you cannot be loyal without being faithful. Somebody say amen. amen. Just stay the course. Get the job done. Be faithful. Be loyal. And God will use you for his glory. He said, I will not abandon you. Somebody said, I will not what? I will not abandon you. Starting churches in Fairbanks. That place is frozen solid. (laughs) Fairbanks makes Wasilla look like Honolulu. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't even know if they got cars up there. I don't know what they got up there. Yeah, all the all the sled dogs froze solid up in Fairbanks. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You just stay the course. Get the job done. God is calling upon us to have faith, to be faithful, to have loyalty, to have vision. Somebody say vision. Vision. What is vision? It's the ability to focus on what's happening to you. It's the ability to just stay the course and just focus in and say, I'm going to get this job done. I'm going to see this building done. Before we had this beautiful edifice with these awesome lights, we were in a church building someplace else that didn't have none of it. I'm going to a place that got nothing. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to stay the course. God's going to get it done. Amen. It's because of vision. Acts chapter 16, verse 9. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. You need to desire God's plan. God has a plan for you, and you need to desire what it is. As you look at what happened to Paul in Acts chapter 16, he was going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. He was just waiting for God eternal to say, it's your time. When the pastor says, I'm calling your number now, it's time for you to step up to the plate. And the plate that you step up to, you might think he's absolutely brain dead. It's the path of great opportunity. 
It's nothing to go to a big church and just see if you can hang out there, see how many days you can get off. The joy is to go someplace where there's nothing going on and you carve it out of the bark and you say, God eternal has done this because of what I was sacrificing to do. Somebody say amen. amen. There's a vision that we corporately carry of 12020. We are going to get this vision done. Somebody say amen. amen. You and I together. Desire for God's plan. Number four is passion. D, letter D in your notes. is passion. You know what passion is? It propels you. It's the motor that propels you forward. There is something that God has created you to be and to do. For some of you songwriters, you wake up in the, in the morning and like, Oh my goodness, I had a new thought last night. Let me write it down. My 14-year-old son's a great songwriter. And I, I just had him on Maui with me as we preached there. And I said, son, I want you to sing that song you wrote. By the way, Minister Alex, your song was beautiful. It was wonderful. Thank you for staying the course. I remember as you were singing, I, I, I was thinking of doing a street party at your house in Kihei. And your brother Jeremy was, was wanting to come in the house with his rollerblades on. But it's, it, it's Trudy, his, his mom said, no. You're not. And so he stuck those rollerblades up in the air and crawled on his knees like that. And I've known this brother for a long time. My son James is 14 years old. I'm taking him with me. He, J- James, my 14-year-old, my is going to be my music guy at this brand new church. I was going to bring another music guy, but God gave us a vision that said this kid is going to be the one who does the deal. When those songwriters wake up in the morning, they're like, oh my goodness, quick, give me a pencil, because I'll get it done. Sometimes the Lord's given me something to preach. I thought, man, I'm tired. I'll, I'll remember what it is in the morning. I'll remember that message in the morning. <laughs> Bad idea. You wake up in the morning, what was it, what was it, what was it? What, 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 what was it? I can't remember. And then you stand up in front of people, got nothing to say. God is giving you something that when you wake up in the morning... God is going to give you a motor that's going to propel you on forward. Somebody say amen. There is faithfulness, there is loyalty, and there is vision, and there's passion. Somebody say passion. It's the thing you're already thinking about when you wake up in the morning. And I'll tell you what happened to me in just a moment. But n- number five, or letter E, is sacrifice. Ooh, I could have gone all week without preaching about s- the S word. Sacrifice. Somebody say, ooh, you know why? Because sacrifice is no fun. Does anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? Oh, no, Brother Pastor, we, we just love it. We love sacrifice. We ain't got a blessed thing going on. We're just going to just sacrifice some more, do a little extra. You can do the, the garden variety work for God without sacrificing. Sacrifice is part of the economy of God's kingdom. God sent you Jesus. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Anybody glad you don't have to go to hell no more? Somebody say amen. Amen. God sent you a sacrifice. In the kingdom of God, there is a sacrifice that the Lord's anticipating that you will take. It is a foundational concept in His kingdom. In the beginning, God created. He made a sacrifice for you. He sent you Jesus. Without a sacrifice, there is no indication of true love. heard Pastor Morocco preaching. He said, somebody give my wife static. You're going to feel my full weight fall on you and I will crush you. He's a big guy. <laughs> He's prophesied that I would be fat. <clears throat> and I'm going to forgive him at the next encounter because I haven't had the faith yet to, to forgive him. I, I was a pencil skinny little dweeb when I joined his team and he prophesied, someday you're going to look just like me. And I said, yeah, Pastor. Now I look just like him. I'm thinking, Jesus, help me. <laughs> Got to lay off them jelly donuts and what's, what's going on now? There's a sacrifice that God anticipates for you. You know why? When you tell your wife, I love you, I love you, I love you, I really, really, really love you, 
Pat Harry deal. If you don't ever sacrifice for her, it means nothing. I made a sacrifice for my wife. My wife doesn't really like jewelry. <laughs> but the other, I, I bought, we, we got these family rings. Very cool deal. I'll show you my, my thing that I wrote for my family. A Reynolds wears a ring on his finger. Just, it's a purity ring for my kids. But I made it my wedding ring. My wife wears it on her finger. Hers is in the shape of a miley leaf made out of koa wood. We spent so much time over in Hawaii. And uh, she said, oh, honey, my birthday's coming up. And they have a bracelet, which is like 20 rings. <laughs> And they have a pendant, which is like another ring. I said, praise the Lord. And so I went and bought it for her. Man, I went and bought it for her. I, I actually went to the mall all by myself. There's like a disturbance in the force. I, I stepped into the, I stepping into the mall. I'm in the mall. I got 150 stores at all the Moana Center. I'm like, I can't do this by myself. I need some support. I need a lifeline. I'm going in the mall by myself. And I went in and God did a miracle. I parked right on the right floor of all the Moana shopping center. I, I went right to the jewelry store and it was such a, it was such a freaky thing that happened. The mall caught on fire. This is a true story. The mall burst into flames when I showed up and they closed the jewelry store down and the lady was inside. I knocked on the window. I said, open this door. I said, I don't come to the mall by myself. This is a sacrifice right now. And she opened the door. She said, oh, uh, my God. And I said, just, un- I actually had a picture of the thing in my pocket. I didn't even have to look through the glass. I just flashed it out. I said, sell me this right now. Both of them quickly before I changed my mind. <laughs> Spent hundreds of dollars on that stuff. You know why? Because I took my lunch money to make a sacrifice for my wife. Are any of these men listening to me? Look at me. Don't be sleeping when I'm preaching good this morning. I made a sacrifice of my Holy Ghost Pentecostal handshake. Maybe you don't know what a Pentecostal handshake is. That's where you give the preacher a hundred bucks. Praise the Lord. Okay. So uh, I, I had a Pentecostal handshake and I saved up my Pentecostal handshake to buy something for me. I'm buying myself a jelly donut, a very nice jelly donut for 500 bucks. Praise the Lord. And so I, 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 I sacrificed it for her. You know why? Because you can't say you love somebody without sacrificing. Can I have an amen in this place this morning? You say you love God and you just sit home watching the boob tube every single day of your life, 39 hours a week. Oh, am I preaching that? Should I just go behind the metal pulpit again? This thing's bulletproof. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> There's a sacrifice. What is the Lord saying to us today? Elisha sacrificed to follow the man of God. He made a sacrifice. He said, brother, I'm going with you. He said, I'm not going to abandon you. He said it over and over and over. After he had made those sacrifices, the man of God turned to him and said, what can I do for you, son? He said, oh, I want a double portion of what you got. If I was to say that to my mentor and Pastor Daniel's mentor, Dr. Morocco, that means when you got double pneumonia it's quadruple pneumonia you're fasting 80 days and walking 108 miles for jesus that kind of anointing i do not need praise (laughs) joyce meyer just preached at our church not long ago and she flew from maui she got up at three o'clock in the morning they flew their private jet over to oahu and we had the the honolulu marathon that day so they couldn't quite couldn't quite get everything together and, and so she had to play a helicopter after she took her private jet she took a helicopter and she's up in the air we we had it all planned out but she was in the helicopter coming to preach in oahu she landed in the horse corral of one of our parishioners by the time she got to us to preach she said you want my anointing you want you want some of this everybody says they want my anointing Joyce said, oh, I want people tell me they want your anointing. Okay, next Sunday, get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, fly to a cow pasture and let your dress fly up over your head. Come to church covered with cow poop. (laughs) You want that kind of anointing? 
the man of God just looked at him. He said, Elisha, what do you want me to do for you? He said, if you're still watching when this takes place, you're going to have what you want. He said, give me a double portion of the anointing. You know what? I'm believing God for a double portion of the anointing of the, of the grace of KC upon my life. Somebody say amen. We have a few hours left to work. There is a moment coming when no man can work. The time to do something for Jesus is right now. I, the first sermon I ever preached was at Leavenworth Prison. Huh? Okay. The, the first sermon I ever preached was at Leavenworth Prison. I was such a young pencil neck dweeb. I didn't know what was going on. I rode the bus. They put me through a second metal detector. I got freaked out. Now, what's happening? Second, they put me through a third metal detector. And the, the mentor I went with said, he said, brother, preach this message like it's the last message you'll ever preach. And <laughs> this guy knows something I don't know. He said, sing this song. That's the last, last song you're ever going to sing, brother. My eyes were this big, and we walked down through the middle of the big house at Leavenworth Prison, me and my wife. I think we were married. I'm not sure. She is she my, my honey, my, my, my sweetheart for years and years and years. We walked through those jail cells just like on the cartoons. Those guys are hanging their hands through the bars just looking at me, probably mostly looking at my wife. Does anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? I, I, I preached the good news of Jesus Christ, and then we had a powerful move of God inside that prison. Guess what? God has his hand upon you. He wants to use you if you're willing to take the step that he's put before you. God today is saying to you, don't take the path of least resistance. Take the path of greatest opportunity that looks like you're just going to have to do something absolutely crazy. When they're crossing the Jordan River at flood stage, they had to take that step across the Jordan River. They had to take the step that seemed like absolutely a death-defying thing to do. I want to, I want to be the guy in the back of the, the ark. So you got two guys in front, two guys in back. So now I just uh, take the assignment. No, I'll stand in back. Uh, after you, brother. Praise the Lord. Because the guy carrying the ark, when he stepped into the river at flood stage, whoosh, he would have been swept away and killed. The guy in the back just says, well, well there goes the ark. We can make a new one. I'll be in front next time. <laughs> There's a path of least resistance, but it is not for you. What is the Lord saying to us today? I'm going to tell you. Aren't you glad you came to church? Here's what the Lord's saying to you. Look for faithful people. I'm just going to give you a little rundown. KC is going to accomplish 120-20. He's going to do it right here in Alaska. He's going to do it in California. I preached in the city of Antioch last week. I preached this message in Antioch. I just had chicken skin. You know why? Because it says they sent them to Antioch. That's where I was preaching last Sunday. We're going to do it in Arkansas and in Texas and wherever God leads us. But we're also going to do it in the great state of Oregon. Somebody say amen. amen. Oregon needs a revival from the power of the living God. When I was in high school, when I was in high school, uh, we had a powerful revival. Phil Morocco, Pastor Phil, the gentleman that pastors the church I preached at last Sunday, was my youth pastor. We had that building packed with people. Uh, a guy by the name of Charlie Ford got saved in my senior year of high school. Charlie Ford, last week, went to our, our Marshallese minister there in, in Oregon, in Portland, uh, came to an accident that had happened and saw on the back of, of, of uh, a vehicle of one of our Marshallese uh, minister's wives there he said casey he said do you know pastor brian reynolds and she said yeah he's starting a church in lebanon oregon he said i'm going to leave portland and i'm moving to lebanon oregon i'm asked for a change of assignment because i'm going to go do i'm going to go help him build that church hey. that kid was an absolute pagan that beat me up in my own backyard when i was in the sixth grade he's a powerful man of god that's going to come help me somebody say amen, amen. God will do miracle after miracle after miracle for you, but you have, to be, you have to be found faithful. 
Be faithful in the little things. God will put you in charge of many things right here at this church today. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor Bracken to allow me the privilege of praying for you. There are people facing situations right now that you don't know the answer. The answer is don't go for the easy way out. Go for the path of greatest opportunity. There's opportunities that seem like they're absolutely crazy. I'm here today. That is the opportunity that God wants you to take. Look for faithful people. My wife and I are faithful. We've served with Dr. Morocco for 25 years. Over 25 years. The first church service I ever went into was a a hot, sweaty cafeteria place at a high school. I've done it over and over. He said, let's start a church in Hana. First place Pastor Bracken ever preached was at that church in Hana. There's people today worshiping in Hana, Maui, which is very remote, end of the island. There's people pre- uh, uh, preaching today in, in a place in Iwakuni, Japan, where Pastor Mayumi Nakawe, she said, Pastor Brian, when you're doing the big outreach, she said, don't give a public altar call in Japan. They're not going to respond. They're Japanese. That's not how it works here. So I'm preaching, and I thought to myself, what's the worst thing that will happen? I would look stupid. I said, I'm well on my way already. I'm preaching in the park in English. And, and, and I gave the public altar call. People responded to the good news of Jesus Christ in Iwakuni, Japan. Somebody say amen. amen. God has chosen you because you are faithful. Somebody say, I'm faithful. I'm As you become faithful, he is exactly what, you're, what God is looking for. Secondly, you're going to get an agreement with the Holy Ghost. Let me just read to you the Bible. It says, it seemed... To the Holy Spirit and to us that you should. And they went on and on what they should do. I'll tell you what, this seems exactly like the Holy Spirit to me. To, to allow me to, to move to a place that God has, has raised me up. And I know people there. I, I, spent, I spent a year of my life at my high school learning how to cut down a fir tree. Double block class. They can't teach you that in just one hour a day. You've got to go two hours a day learn how to cut a tree down. Somebody say Amen. Some chainsaw owner in this building say, Amen. Amen. That's where I'm going. See that movie, Axeman, on television? That's who I'm going to preach to. (laughs) The whole show is bleeped out because that's just speaking Oregonian. (laughs) That's where I'm going. You're going to get in agreement with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, how can you say you love your brother? How can you say you love God who you can't see and you... uh, how can you say you love God who you cannot see, but you love your brother? You don't love your brother who you do see. I got a better question for you. How can you say you're in agreement with the Holy Spirit who you cannot see? You can't get in agreement with your wife who you can see. Whoa! How can you say you're in agreement with the Holy Ghost who I can't see, but you can't, you can't get in agreement with your ugly husband? Praise the name. Well, you don't understand, Reverend. He's a big, mean jerk. Yes, that's how we are. Praise the Lord. We're, we're believing God for healing at the next encounter. Somebody say amen. God made us like this on purpose. So our wives would be attracted to us. Scratch, scratch. Big, ugly, and hairy. And strong and stinky. God, God made men like that. Somebody say amen. So women would be attracted to us. Oh, Jesus, help us. We're going to get in agreement with the Holy Ghost. Today, you're going to get in agreement with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't look at me like that. You know it's all true. Somebody say hallelujah. Look for faithful people. Get in agreement with the Holy Ghost. Today, we're going to make a decision. Today, we're going to make a decision. Let me, let me just read to you. It says, then the apostles, the spiritual leader, and the whole church, the what? The whole church decided to choose some of their men. And that's exactly what they did. They sent them forward. Today we're going to make a commitment. 
We're making a decision to start a church in Oregon. I'm going to start a dozen churches in Oregon. How many do you say seven? I'm going to start eight churches in Oregon. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. Our time's up. We're going to get agreement with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to steal some of your people. Come help me. Because <laughs> I have zero people right now. Praise the Lord. That's all right. We're going to make a decision for the glory of God. We're going to make a commitment. Here's my commitment. Let me just read to you from verse 26 right here. Acts 15, 26. Barnabas and Paul have dedicated their lives to the Lord, the one named Jesus Christ. They have dedicated their lives to the Lord. My wife and I and my four kids are all in. From the time we lived inside a church building to go knocking on the door, I made my eight-year-old son, he's probably six Six or eight back then. I, I made him preach in Waikiki. I said, son, these people don't want to listen to an old, fat, holy preacher man with fake hair. Praise the Lord. They, they, want, to listen to a, they want to listen to a little cute kid. They want to, I taught him how to do a trick. He's supposed to disappear some, some handkerchiefs. He's holding out. Well, the tourists kept coming putting money inside it. And he's looking at me like, Dad, what do I do? And he's preaching Jesus. You don't have to go to hell. Watch this. And he put inside. Well, people just come. But they thought it was an offering bucket. They didn't know what was going on. And he, I said, Son, just disappear the money. Just get it over with. Just dis-. And so he disappeared the money. He prayed the prayer of salvation for those people standing on the curb in Waikiki. You know why? Because God is looking for somebody who's dedicated. I'm here today to tell you I'm willing to serve as that dedicated vessel that God's going to flow into and through. But I can't do it without you. I've made a decision already. I'm going. If I have to eat air biscuits for the rest of my life, I'm going. Somebody say, my, my, my. It's perfect. Maybe I'll get skinny again. Praise God. Make a decision. Make a commitment. As I preach this message in in Maui, I put $1,000 in the offering. I put another $1,000 in the next time. I don't think I got any more thousands. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm going to make a commitment today. I'm going to put something in the offering. We're going to receive a special offering for this work. We're going to see a church started in Oregon. We have a video for you. Let's take a look at this video. As they play this video, you'll see that God...